Praise the Lord, this is Brother Julius again. I'm going through the Gospel of John, and we are now in chapter 17. Like I said in the last podcast, this chapter 17 is the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ, the last prayer he prayed with the apostles before he went to the apostles, before he went to the cross. And there are some deep revelation in this chapter 17 prayer, because you know the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't need to be praying before their eyes, but he prayed this prayer for a purpose. And Apostle John remembers as detail some detail of this prayer for their purpose so that we can get what he's saying. I always call this one like a prayer of uh, when you when you're going back, he was he's going back to glory right now. And I wonder I say, Well, he is God manifesting in the flesh. And he's praying to the Father. And I say, Well, what do you what do you think that I, I think of it like 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 when you say when you want to come back, this is the username and password. That's how I look at it. I'm a computer guy. But when you want to come back, you want the door to be open, username and password. It's just like a authentication that we use in the, in the computer world. If you want to log in, you have to authenticate yourself also. Anybody can just say, I'm coming back, and the door will not open also. But you have to say, who are you? And they say, tell him who is he. And what's your password? Tell his password. And then the door will open, then you can enter. That's authentication, that was called authentication in the computer world. So I look at this prayer as an authentication process. Because he said, look at what he said. This was speak Jesus and he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Just think about that. <laughs> Everybody say, glorify your son. Say that your son also may glorify thee. See? As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So if you say, what is the username of password? That is the first pass. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. That's how I think. Well, that's that's a that's a mysterious statement. That's how it's going back. Now he said, "Thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him." Now I always ask, "Do you have, do you have you already received eternal life? Eternal life is already given to us." Apostle John wrote this gospel. Also told us in first. Epistle of John chapter 5. I think it's about verse 10. That I have written to you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you will have eternal life. You may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. And Jesus Christ is going to define what is eternal life in this prayer. So that's why I say this prayer is purposely spoken to teach us more things. Deeper revelations. So this is what the Lord said in verse 2. That 
he is to give eternal life to as many as the Father has given to him. And then he's going to define eternal life to us in verse 3. And this is life eternal. What is eternal life? And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Amen. This is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only true God. And Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. That is eternal life. Knowing God and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is eternal life. So you that is of another religion, you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you then you don't have eternal life. And not just knowing about him, knowing him means your enemy is in you. That's what you mean by knowing Jesus Christ. Verse 4 says, I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which thou uh, givest me to do. And now, O Father, now verse 5, listen to this. O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I think of that as what? As the username and password. That's why I say authentication. He's authenticating himself that he's coming back to the glory. And he said, glorify thou me with thy own self. That is, it's like a quote. I'm coming back into that, into that quote. And that quote also can speak. But I'm coming back into that quote. To glorify me with thy own self. With the glory which I have with you with the, before the foundation, before the world was. So that's like saying, username is you speaking. What's your passcode? Passcode to enter that glory again. So that is how I see. That's why I'm an engineer. I'm a computer. People put this together and say, wow, this is like authentication. This prayer that he prayed there is like authentication that is going back to glory. Verse 6. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou givest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou givest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now, they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Now, look at the first 6. He said, I have manifested thy name. Unto the man which thou givest. What was the name that he manifested? Just ask yourself. What was the name that he manifested? Look at that. I have manifested thy name unto the man which thou givest me. After the word. Thine they were and thou givest them me. And they have kept thy word. The name he manifested is Jesus. Jehovah Savior. That's what Jesus means, Yeshua, Jehovah Savior. Verse 8. If I have given unto them the words which thou givest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee. They have known that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. So they know that I came out from thee. And that thou didst send me. Verse 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. But for them which thou hast given me. For they are dying. And all mine are dying. And dying are mine. And I am glorified in them. Verse 11. And now I am no more in the world. But these are in the world. And I come to thee. 
Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is praying about we being one. He's, he meant that seriously. That unity is part of what the Almighty God commands. The unity of the brethren. And there is a Bible part that said, how good and how pleasant read that psalm to you. God commanded unity. How good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. And the psalmist says it is like the ointment that comes from the, upon the head of the high priest Aaron. And, and he went to, at the end of his head that therein the Lord commanded what? Life evermore. So unity is essential in Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Ammon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. And remember, we are talking about eternal life. Life forevermore is in unity. So God commands and decides that we, both brethren, remain together in unity. Not the unity of uh, ecumenism where churches are trying to join to more Islam and Islam and, and they, are, they are trying to form an alliance with one another. No, that's not that country. It's the unity of faith that we believe the same thing about Jesus Christ. The Catholic and the Muslim, they don't believe the same thing about Jesus Christ. The Hindu and the Buddhists that they are forming their ecumenism that their Pope was orchestrating is not the unity we are talking about. That is the Antichrist bride. They are forming the Antichrist bride that will be destroyed. But the unity of faith is what Christ is talking about. That we believers, brethren, the apostles, not fighting with one another. I'm the biggest, I'm the smallest, I'm the biggest, I'm the apostle, I'm the prophet. No, I'm bigger than you because I'm apostle. No. That's unity. Humility is what God is calling for. That is what Christ is praying for here. That we be one. As the Father and the Son are one. Verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in dying. That's chapter 17. Gospel of John chapter 17 verse 12. So those thou, thou givest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost. But the son of perdition. That the scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I, I kept those two. He was talking about the twelve that he has kept. He said that none of them is lost except Judas Iscariot. And he didn't lose him. He said he went to his place. He called him the son of perdition. That the scripture might be fulfilled. He, that Judas Iscariot was purposely chosen for what he did. Purposely selected for what he did. Jesus Christ knew that he was a devil. Not that he was possessed by devil. He was a devil. An evil doer. And he said, well, let him come along. And he grabbed the bag, he wanted to carry the bag because he could profit from that, let him have it and he was following them along as if he believed but the apostle didn't know much about it, but Christ knew from the beginning so he said he was a son of perdition, so that the scripture might be fulfilled because it has to be somebody among them has to be the one to, to betray him as the scripture said that the one that eats bread with me is one that has raised up his hand against me verse 14 
verse 13 of John chapter 17. And now come I to thee, and these, these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world. You see, the word of God Christ gave to us, that makes us to say Christ is the only Savior. The world doesn't want to hear that. That no man can come out to, to the Father except through Jesus Christ. That is the only way. The other religion don't want to hear that. That's why the world will hit us. But that's the truth. Because your world is going to lake of fire with the devil. They are all going to lake of fire with the devil. And that's why the devil is burning their eyes not to believe. He said, I have given them thy word and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 15 says, I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. So the prayer was that, Father, keep all my disciples from the evil. Now, everything that is negative is evil. But there are sometimes God allows persecution. Even the persecution is also evil. But God allows the persecution when the human beings that do not believe want to persecute the sins. Occasionally, God will stand, step in to, to deliver. Or to show signs and wonders, but he's allowed them past That's why Christ said they are weak. They will think they are doing God's when they are killing you. Which means he's allowing persecution. Because there is a reason why God allowed persecution. It is one of the things he has prophesied in the book of Genesis chapter 3. If I can throw that in. When the Lord was talking to Adam, Eve, and the serpent, he told the serpent that the seed of the woman, which is referring to the Messiah that will come at the end, that will come. We bruise the head of the serpent, not the head of the seed of the serpent, but the head of the serpent. And that is what Jesus Christ did when he came and went to hell and destroyed him that has the power of death. Satan has been destroyed, not physically, not spiritually destroyed. His power is stripped off of him, his destruction. And then Christ is the Lord right now of all things. So that's bruising the head of Satan. But they say that that also will bruise his heel. And the heel is the, at the feet. And the feet is symbolizing the church at the end of the world because Christ is the head and the church is the body of Christ. We are, we are together with him. But at the end of the world, at the feet, is when the devil, the serpent, will bruise the heel that is running after the, the man and then biting the heel. That is what will happen. You see that in the book of Revelation chapter 12. That after the woman fled to the wilderness, the woman is symbolizing the church. The woman fled to the wilderness and the dragon spoke water. Couldn't get the woman, but what did the dragon do? He went after those that are still all over the world that are still believing in Christ, keeping the commandment of God. That's the heel that he persecuted them. That is what has been promised. That's why God allowed persecution. It is a promise that he has given to the serpent that you also will bruise the sin. God is always fair when he's judging. It's always fair. So he said, well, the seed of the serpent, the seed of the woman, Christ, will bruise your head. Wow, that's hot. Well, of course. But see, if that head is bruised, you'll have said that serpent is dead also. They say, you also will bruise his head. So which means it's not a serpent that is really dead by the time you bruise his head. It's a spiritual serpent. They say, this is still living, but all he could do is to bruise the heel. And the heel is the persecution that is there is going to rise up people to persecute the church and the church is embolizing the body of Christ the body of that seed of the woman so understand that I pray that Lord will give you insight of what I was just describing to you 
So that's why the law always has allowed persecution. And it's said in the earlier chapter, I said, the, the, the time comes when they that kill you, we think they are doing God's service, but they are doing, they are sealing their own doom in hell, the lake of fire. Now, Gospel of John chapter 17, the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ, what we are still reading, and we are now in verse 17, where it's, verse 16, where he said, keep them from the evil. Verse 16 said, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify means set them apart. Through thy truth. It's the word of God that set us apart. The word of God that is preached to us, that we believe, and we live by it. We are set apart for God. By the word of God that we are believing. Sanctify them through thy truth. And thy word, that word of God we are believing is truth. Make us separate from the world that don't believe it. So our life will be transformed by the world we are believing and living by it. That's why we are sanctified by the truth. Verse 18 says, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I, sent, have I also sent them into the world. So Christ is sending us believers to be a witness for me. Every believer, you are a witness for Christ Jesus. So even so have I sent them into the world. Verse 19. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. So the logical says he sanctified himself for our sake when he went for 40 days fasting. Not that he needed fast 40 days to be able to get power, but as a, as a, as a son of man, he came and sanctified himself so that we can see example, not just emulate it, and also that he can, he can demonstrate the power of a son of God. Because God manifested in the flesh, he already had the power, but he stripped himself of that power and came like a human being and then sanctified himself so that all the power he's going to demonstrate is what we can get to. The same power we can get to when we become sons of God. So that's why I say I sanctify myself for their sake. That they also might be sanctified through their truth. The word of God we are, we are learning to sanctify us, set us apart. Verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe for me through their word. Now, this is logical. I was praying not only for the apostles, praying for all of us that are far and wide that are going to hear the gospel and believe. Christ, this prayer is for all of us. This prayer I was praying is for all of us that we will be one together, following Christ, we will be one, united by the word of God. Verse 21. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in you, I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So you see again, the Lord was emphasizing that unity that I read in the Psalm 133 that said, It is from the, he said, Therein God commanded blessing, even life forevermore. So we are to receive eternal life, we, are, we must be in that unity of faith. With the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 23. I in them and thou in me. Now listen to that verse 23. I in them and thou in me. That phrase alone is saying us how we are going to get this eternal life. Our immortality. We already have eternal life. The immortality that we, the glory that Adam lost is what God is giving back to us. Which is the eternal life. Really. Because that glory will come back and the light will be turned on and we glow. Like a like a like a ball of light, 
which Jesus Christ is already in that glow right now. But we are also going to get to be like him when the, when we are completed, when we come to the perfect man, we are going to be turned on. Think of it like electricity, like electric bulb. And when Adam sinned, the connection to the electricity of God was turned off. The Bible said the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. So all those satanic spirits have, have their lamp put out. That's why they are in darkness. They are in darkness. They clone, they clone glow. Their lamp has been put out. The lamp of the wicked shall be put out. It's what the scripture says in the book of Psalms. Or in the book of uh, Proverbs. Now, when Adam sinned, he became a wicked person because he disobeyed God. Anybody that disobeying God is wicked. God that loves you and you do refuse to do what he says is wickedness. So it's a lamp of the wicked exposure. So Adam's glow, the glow that was around him, that's why he was covered with the glow of light. When that was quenched, he became naked. Like when you turn off the electricity, electricity from electric ball, you can touch the ball right now, it's no more hot. And you can even see what is in the, the filaments. But when you turn it on and it's glowing, the light covers it like a garment. That's what electric bulb is like. See, that is what is is the the mystery of mankind. Human beings become that miserable when we lost the glow. But God is bringing us back to that glow through the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why I say the glow that you have given me, I have given unto them. It's going to tell us in that in the next verse right there. Next verse, verse twenty-two. In verse twenty-two, I say, I. I that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou hast given thou givest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. So that glory which Christ is glowing now is giving it to us so that we also can glow. When we come to the fullness of the church of Christ, we shall be turned on. The thing that was disconnected from Adam, we are going to be turned on. And our spirit is like a like a like a candle. And it will glow. And when it glows, the light of our spirit will cover us with light also. That is how we are going to live forever. Christ in us. And he said, This is how we are going to get it. I in them, that Jesus Christ in us. And thou in me, that the Father in Christ, and Christ in us. And that's how we are going to be controlled. We are going to have everlasting righteousness. I preach a sermon about everlasting righteousness. From the, from the book of Daniel chapter 9. Where the angel said. God is bringing in everlasting righteousness. And the everlasting righteousness. Is the fact that. Everlasting righteousness. Is the fact that we are not going to sin forever. Everlasting righteousness. How are we not going to sin forever? You know remember Adam, Adam sinned. We don't know how long he was created. Before he sinned. Which means he did not have everlasting righteousness. You know that uh, Satan was said to be a cherub that was perfect in his ways until iniquity was found in him. That means he did not have everlasting righteousness. Some angels fell, which means they did not have everlasting righteousness. They were formerly angels of God, then they fell. means they did not have everlasting righteousness. But the angel prophesied in the book of Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 that the Messiah is going to bring in everlasting righteousness. That is the plan of God. That is God is saying, now I'm going to fix it. This new breed that I'm breed that I'm going to create, I'm going to fix it that they're going to have everlasting righteousness. Not that after a million years somebody will sin again and become another Satan. No, he's bringing everlasting righteousness. And this is how he's doing it. 
That's what Christ said. I in them and thou in me. So that's why Christ said, without me you can do nothing. That is, God is going to be inside that body called Christ. And Christ is going to be inside us individually. And that's how we are going to glow. And that's how we are going to have that everlasting nature because we are controlled from inside. That is the mystery of everlasting nature that God has promised in the book of Daniel chapter 9 verse 24. That Christ is going to bring in everlasting righteousness. And you can see the same thing that Apostle John that wrote this gospel told us in first epistle of John chapter 5. Let me read that Bible verse to you to see this, this everything linked together. Apostle John was saying in verse 10 He that believeth on the Son of God as the witness in himself He that believeth not God has made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record. Now listen to the record God gave of his son. This is the record. That God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So what is that saying? God is saying this is how I'm going to bring in everlasting righteousness. This is how I'm going to do it this time to fix it. If you create a robot and the robot misbehave, what do you do if you are an engineer? You want to fix it, no sir. You want to fix it so that it does not make mistake anymore or fix it permanently, fix it good that it will never fail anymore. That is what God said. I make these human beings, Adam fell, following his will, his own will, follow his wife, his wife follows Satan, it's happened. Now God said, I'm going to fix it good. And this is how I'm going to fix it. He said, I'm going to put this eternal life, which is the life we are talking about, to bring us back to that glory. In my son, and then ask you guys to take my son inside you. That's how I'm going to fix it. I'll put eternal life in my son, and also of you go take my son inside you. Anyone that take my son inside you, and I'm in my son, so then we'll be controlling them eternally. There will be no, no separation. I in them, thou father in me. So the father is in the son, there will be no separation. The sun in us, there will be no separation because he's going to be controlling us from within. That's how we are going to have that everlasting righteousness. And that's what Apostle John was saying. Apostle John, God revealed most of this to Apostle John because God has chosen him to reveal some of this. Thing. I in them and the Father in me. And that's why this is the record that God has given unto us eternal life. So he say, okay, I give all of you eternal life, but this is how I'm going to do it. I put it in my son. It's for all human beings. I put it in my son. Now, all you need to do, human beings, is to get my son inside you. That's why Christ said, you have to eat me. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, then you have life in you. How do you eat him? He come and live inside you. That's, only, that's his spirit. He come and be possessing you. Eating is possession. Possession. That the spirit possess somebody. You say, that person, if it's an evil spirit, possess the man. They say, the man turn man. The evil spirit is controlling the man. So Christ is symbol. is representing the, the possession. He possessing us with eating him. That's what he meant when he was saying in John chapter 6. That you have to eat, he said, the bread, I am the bread of life. You have to eat this bread of life to live forever. And he said, the bread I'm giving is my flesh. He said, well, I can't give us flesh. And my blood. He said, that is what he's going to do. What does that mean? He said, you're going to give us your flesh? He told the apostle, he said, it's not the physical flesh you're talking about. He said, it's the spirit that gives life. His own spirit that since then will be living inside our spirit. Will give us eternal life. He said, that is the flesh and dream because it's going to come through our mouth. That's how we are people are possessed. Through the mouth, the spirit coming to their belly, through their mouth, and that's how the Holy Ghost also came to us. 
and then we are going to be controlled from inside when the Lord is in us. That's what he said. We have to yield. It's a yielding. You surrender to it. You submit yourself to it. It's not by force. The demons force themselves into people that they possess. Like a breaking through the window by force. That's why they are running mad. But when the God is knocking on the door, you open. The behold, I stand on the door and knock. We voluntarily yield to him. That's what the gospel is talking about. We accept him as our Lord and Savior. Then he fills up with himself, the Holy Spirit. And then he controls us. Even when he's controlling us, we still have to yield to that control. The Lord, do your will through me. And that is the gentleness of God. So it's not like making robots out of us. It's a cooperation between us and the Spirit of God that is in us. And that's what he said. He said, without me, you can do nothing. I, in them, verse 23, I'm going back to John, Gospel of John, chapter 17, and wrap this thing up. Chapter 17, verse 23. I, in them, and thou in me. I said, that's how we're going to get that immortality back. And that everlasting righteousness. Christ living in us, the Father living inside Christ. I, in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect. In one, see, that's how we are going to be made perfect. Christ is, is perfection, and Christ in us is the Christ in us is the hope of glory. Is Apostle Paul wrote, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope that we are going to get that glory back, the glory Adam lost. The only hope that we are going to get it back is Christ living inside us, because He already have the glory, and He's going to turn us on, turn us on from the inside. Our spirit will turn on to glow and get that glory back. And Christ living direct our life from that time forward. See, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Thank you, Father. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So he, I believe he's talking about the apostles right there. I want them to not just, if they die, not just to stay in paradise, but they will come and be with him in that glory, in heaven, really heaven. Because people who died before Christ, they were not in heaven. Abraham was not in heaven, he was in paradise. They call it Bosom of Abraham. We had Lazarus that was said to be a beggar, was also transported there, not the heaven. But now, he said, I want them to be with me. He's going back to the He want to promote the apostles beyond that paradise. And that, we believe, has been and have been done. The apostles are with him. So now everybody that died in Christ, we believe that they are with him. It doesn't mean they are right there in that place, but they are in a place where they can see Christ come into their midst and back and forth. Christ can come anywhere. He can go to any hell there and show, and, and, they, and they all will fall down before him. Because he's the Lord of the heavens, he's Lord of the physical, he's Lord, Lord over there in hell there. He's the Lord of all. Hallelujah. Because all things are united in that Christ. Everything in heaven and everything in earth is to be under him. So our Lord Jesus was praying in the verse 24 that I will that they also be with me where, where I am, that they may see my glory. As thou hast given me. Verse 25. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee. And these, that is, have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name. Now, look at that Bible verse again. Compare that to the verse where I say, I have manifested thy name unto them. Unto me. 
So it's the same thing. They say, I have declared unto them, that's the last verse of this prayer, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Now look at that. He said, I have declared unto them thy name. What name did he declare? In verse uh, 6, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou givest me. What name did he manifest? Jesus, Jehovah Savior. So it's the name of God, Jehovah Savior. That's the name he wanted to give to mankind on earth. Call that name and doors get open for you. Call that name and things happen for you. Because it's the name that God has given to us. That's why Apostle Peter, on the day after he was preaching to them, and when he was talking to the to the chief priest and Sanhedrin, he said, There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name. The name Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ. That's the name that was given among men that can save us from hell and lake of fire. When we believe in it and call upon him. And that's what Jesus Christ said. I have declared unto them thy name. And will declare it. I thought you said, I will declare it again. That the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. And that's the end of the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ, John chapter 17. And I know, Lord, that the, it is strong and deep. And I, from there I have pointed out the everlasting righteousness that Christ will be in us and I, we are in, he is in us and the Father in Christ. That's how we are going to get that everlasting righteousness. That's how we are going to get that e, the glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope that we are going to get that glory back, the glory Adam lost, is because Christ is in us. So if you don't have Christ in you because you don't believe in Christ, or you are just a church goer, you have not been filled with his spirit, in born again experience, then you better seek him. Ask him to give you the new birth. That's the only way you can be in Christ and Christ in you. And then he filled you the endowment with power of the Holy Spirit. Christ said, I in them, thou Father in me. That's how we are going to get that glory back. The glory that Adam lost, which we need. That's the eternal life that will make us live forever. When we are able to glow like Christ can glow right now when he comes into our midst. He glowed like a ball of light before our Apostle Paul when he was still Saul of Tarsus. And he said that light blinded him. Blinded Apostle Paul. But see, that light is what Adam lost. He couldn't, he couldn't glow anymore because the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. And now I pray that the Lord will I pray that the Lord will give you understanding in all this that we are teaching, that the Lord will make you to open your heart to Jesus. It's the only hope. It's the only way we are going to get that immortality back. It's the only way we are going to get that glory that Adam lost. It's the only way we are going to get it back when Christ is living inside us. And he's in us right now with our believers. And he's asking you to open your heart so that he can come and feel you also. So I in them and thou Father in me. That's how we are going to get that glory back. God bless you. Amen. We continue this. We still have many more chapters to go in, in Gospel of John. We continue in the next broadcast. God bless you.